0: Inform Nation, thanks again for joining us once again here at the Inform Fitness Podcast. 20 minutes with New York Times bestselling author Adam Zickerman and friends. I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network and a client of Inform Fitness. Joined as always by Sheila Melody, the co owner and general manager of the Burbank location, and from the Manhattan location in New York City, headquarters for the Inform Fitness Empire general manager Mike Rogers and the founder of Informed Fitness, Adam Zickerman. Guys in today's episode we have an interview between you and a longtime client of Informed Fitness. His name is Hence
1: Orm and he came to Informed Fitness in 2005, was here for nine years, decided he wanted to do something else. He left Informed Fitness, and then about a year and a half later, decided he wanted to come back, and I thought this would be a great topic for our podcast.
2: Yeah, you know know how it's saying goes, if uh, you love something set it free, and uh, if it comes back well,
0: we'll take your money again.
3: <laughs> Hence the, the return of the prodigal client. Hence, right, the
0: return of the prodigal client. Perfect title for today's podcast. Here's our interview with Adam, Mike, and Hence.
2: Well, Hence, welcome to our show. I'm very excited to have you here.
3: Thank you. It's great to be here.
2: The reason I'm excited to have Hence here is because he's a client that started here many years ago. 2006. 2006. Uh, was here for many years. He's experimented his whole life with exercise, and then he took a hiatus and he started experimenting with some more things after here. And now he's come back. And then Mike said to me, Hey, guess what, Adam? Hence is back. And I said, Oh, great. And Mike started to tell me what you've been doing, Hence, and then what led you to come back. And I was like, Wait, wait, don't tell me yet. Let's, let's. Let's get this fresh on our podcast, because I think a lot of our listeners would appreciate to hear about your journey and how you came full circle, so to speak.
1: I was enormously excited when Hens came back about, uh, I think it was about three months ago, um, and he started in 2006. In September, and you know, ten years—we're enormously proud to have clients to have been here that long. And I just looked on the, the system: 351 sessions you've done with us
0: over that time. <laughs> Is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, I mean, fantastic. that's
1: that's an incredible thing. And you know, once a week, it's uh, you know, it's it's actually it averages. Over the eight and a half years that you were here yep. it's about forty one uh, sessions per year which is uh that's that's pretty good because that takes into account for you know vacations and time away or business trips yep. or something like that but um yeah so it's been it's been really exciting and um, so let's start at the beginning like yeah like,
2: like what what's what brought you here in the first place uh back in two thousand and six
3: sure um you know I, I think to start off with you know Adam's right that Um, I've been interested in exercise and and fitness and health for a very long time and, um, you know, have, have, you know, been training since I was a a teenager, um, mostly weightlifting and running. Um, and along the way I've done a fair amount of reading and research and, um, you know, going back to 2006 at that point in time, I was doing a lot of running or at least a lot of running for me uh somewhere in the range of 25 to 35 miles a week and um and I I had ramped up to that level pretty quickly uh, and what I was finding is that um you know at at the age of I guess at that time 40 42 um 41 actually a lot of little things were starting were starting to break down um so you know no, nothing major but you know the running was starting to take a toll um, and I was starting to notice, for example, that I was having trouble walking the stairs uh, up out of the subway, and um, and I, it was starting to bug me. Uh, so, my family and I were in, on vacation in San Diego, and um, um, so I was out of New York. I was out of the routine, and I could get a little time to think. And at the time, I happened to just be just be uh, leafing through the local. San Diego Magazine, and they, they profiled some local trainers, um, one of whom um, uh, focused on high intensity training. And I, I called her up and just said, tell me about what you do and can I come train? And uh, she did, but said, I'm sorry, I, I, I can't train you while you're here. Where do you live? So I told her that my family and I lived in New York City. And um, and she practically jumped through the phone at me and said oh wow well adam Zickerman is the one i follow you know you should read his book and and you should you should go talk to him so i forgot um, that story yeah it's, yeah it's uh, i looked it up on the sheet i was like oh san diego <laughs> yeah so so it was it was a it was a really really random uh, occurrence so um so you know i re- read the book it made sense um and, and and at this point i really started to say to myself look i i've been pushing running for me, in my context, um, you know, fairly aggressively, and it's having some negative results that I I didn't anticipate, and I certainly don't want. I mean, at the end of the day, you know, I don't want to run so much that I can't
1: walk. Did you have a Did you have a goal in mind when you decided to start running? Aggressively, I mean, thirty-five, forty-five miles a week. Were you going to do a marathon or something? Um, yeah, you know, I, I was never really thinking
3: about doing a marathon. I was thinking about, you know, being able to run a, maybe a fast ten k or, or maybe a half marathon. Uh, but did, I, did you feel like you had to lose weight at the time, or you wanted to lose weight at the time? Uh, no, not particularly. Mm-hmm. Uh, that wasn't that wasn't really in the in the parameters at that point. Um, but the negative effects were really starting to pile up, and um, so I, I I said, all right. I'm going to do something different. I'm going to go cold turkey. I'm going to stop running. I you know, talked with Adam. We had a great conversation. What he said made a ton of sense. And so I made a big leap, a big experimental leap, and said, all right, I'm done with, done with running for now. And I'm just going to train once a week in inform. And, and the results were fantastic. I
2: remember you telling me you just gave up running cold turkey. I I did. I
3: remember it too. Like,
2: yeah, I did.
3: And I, I like running. I'm not, I'm not somebody for whom running was, I remember you telling me that too. (laughs) Right. Or, or, or or even is a chore. I, I still like it. Um, but I, I had to balance that versus, versus, uh, you know, the, the, the wear and tear that I was, that I was accruing. So, um, yeah, so I stopped and started to train once a week. Um, you know, very high intensity. Um, it required something completely different of me, which is to be you know, highly focused for a short period of time. Um, and, um, you know, with, with, with really no possibility of, oh, okay, if I don't give hundred percent, I'm going to train in, in another couple of days anyway. So it doesn't matter. <laughs> I really had to focus and, um, you know, over the next several months, uh, you know, all of my running aches and pains went away, which is fairly predictable. If I just stopped running, I'm sure a lot of those aches and pains and, and issues would have resolved themselves. But um but I, I, I did get stronger. Um,
1: did, it, did it make sense to you immediately that the idea of a once a week workout was going to be effective or did you have to actually take a leap of faith into that? There idea? was
3: definitely a leap of faith. There was definitely a leap of faith. Um, you know, I I'd done, I'd done enough reading, uh, not just Adams book, but but some other you know some, some other authors, to, um, to have the seed planted that you know, maybe what we've all been taught about high frequency, exercise is, is really not the whole story. There's a lot of damage that can be built up over time that is understated from higher frequency methods of exercise. But I still had to make that, that, that leap. And again, I came to, uh, came to inform as an experiment. And, um, you know, how long did that experiment last, the initial phase of the experiment really started, um, in September of six. Ran for about nine months, where I, I really did nothing other than train once a week at Inform. I did no running, I did no weightlifting. And what was your conclusion after the nine months? You know, my my conclusion was that it was um, it was just shockingly effective, and yeah. You know, so you know, the the aches and pains from running went away. You know, my ability to climb stairs came right back. Uh, I got a spring in my step again. Um, certainly got stronger. And sort of the, 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 the most counterintuitive finding for me was that I lost weight. Now, when I was running, I wasn't thinking about my weight. I hadn't <laughs> weighed myself in a long time. Hmm. But I did what I think happens to many other runners, which is um, because I was running, you know, call it 30 miles a week, I thought I could eat everything. And <laughs> when, I, when I finally stepped on the scales, Um, I was, I was pretty shocked at how, excuse me, how heavy I had gotten. Mm -hmm. Um, what happened over the next nine months is because I'm only training, because I was only training once a week, I I couldn't deceive myself that, oh, you're going to, you're going to click off, you know, six miles tomorrow. So you can go ahead and eat, you know, that, that extra piece of pizza or that piece of cake. Mm -hmm. I couldn't fool myself that way. So my diet improved and, um, I I don't remember the numbers right off the hand, but, but, you know, but I, but I did start to steadily lose weight, which was an, which was an unanticipated benefit and, and, and clearly just all around felt better.
1: You know, I uh, I just I was looking at his console form. Oh no! And uh, what he put down for his regular dinner was PB and J sandwich and ice cream. <laughs> yeah, well, this this this
3: is this is, this is Did New that changed too? Did you change your eating when you started working? Out here? Well, first of all, this is this is New York, so
1: it's a very glamorous lifestyle. So this is yeah. this is this is dinner in New York. So. <laughs> I mean, I know yeah. he's heads is a portfolio manager, comp, you know, pretty busy schedule, right? Pretty, yeah, yeah pretty, yeah.
3: And I mean, yeah. not, not unlike, you know, yeah. most people, yeah. um, but, uh, but yeah, so it was, uh, pretty, pretty, uh, you know, pretty, pretty exotic and, and elaborate meals, I know. but uh, no, I mean, yeah, certainly my diet changed and and it's, it's, I mean, I attribute it to, to finally, you know, in my early forties coming to understand that you cannot out train a bad diet
1: mm-hmm.
3: and, um, and by decreasing the frequency of training, um you know again I, I just couldn't deceive myself that i could just eat all all i wanted um so that was an unanticipate benefit, unanticipated benefit of um of of moving to a high frequency or a high intensity low frequency form of training okay so you had that 9 month experiment, experiment and
2: then you were here for many years after that so the experiment was over you kind of were yep. convinced and you you stuck this out and you did it for Once or twice a week, so I'm dying to know. So, when you left, what'd you do?
3: (laughs) Well, so you know, I didn't just say I'm out. You know, I I continued to do a fair amount of reading and research. What I really was doing was experimenting with something else. Mm -hmm. So, um, so you know, reading McGuff very helpful. Learned a lot. Um, I also started to read you know some of what uh, people have been writing about about. Regular old school weightlifting, you know the power lifts, uh, deadlift, um, back squat, bench press, um, and and I thought their claims were interesting. That you are talking free weights, free All weights, free weights, exactly. Yeah, free. So you know, so Olympic Olympic bars, um, and I thought their I thought the 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 claims of the school of thought were interesting. Mm-hmm. That um, that these exercises are are, are very functional. Um, and if you think about it, there really is in life very, very, you know, very little that doesn't revolve around either a squat or or a deadlift or an overhead press or or a bench press in, in and one way or another. And so I thought, well, this is interesting, um, and it, it seems to make some sense. Going in, I thought there were some some issues that uh, that I would have difficulty with. You know, such as barbell on your back or lifting a barbell off the ground, uh, and there's also just the time involved uh, because this method of exercise, the free weight training method of exercise, you know, does demand um, several days a week. Um, so these these were issues that I that I knew going in, but um, I was interested in the, the the so-called functional benefits of this form of exercise for some period of time. For, of weeks i believe i did some weight training uh away from inform and then i come to inform and i do my norm- normal workout yeah i remember we were, were splitting it up a little i was bit. splitting it up yeah. and and that was just not i was not going to to learn what i wanted to learn by doing that so i said all right let me take a break from inform let me let me see what i can learn in the free weight world and and so i did um and um you know I was cognizant of the risks, so you know I made sure to learn how to do um, the more dangerous exercises the right way. Um, you know, really did invest quite a bit of time.
1: Yeah, I, I didn't even uh, discourage hence. I like, it was I, I loved our conversations. I love the exploration. You 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 know, it really forced me to even evaluate and think about all the other. You know ways of doing things, and and my I remember just encouraging you just to be very mindful of what you're doing in right. regards to range of motion, and because uh, I remember when we were we were working together, and you were doing your workouts independently, and then coming in in inform, and you were showing me how you were doing some squats with weights. And you were going really deep into it. And I remember I said, I was like, I said, I'd be very careful about going that far down. Like, like almost all, like where his, his uh, you know, his, his butt was below the level of his knees, you know? Like sumo wrestler low. Yeah. yeah, really. <laughs> and I was like, listen, I re- need you to be really mindful about doing that because it, it's could be, you're going to an extreme range of motion with a lot of resistance. And those are usually what causes those, those yeah, breaking points, you know? <laughs> yeah.
2: It's hard to buy your time because it, when, when you hear somebody say they're going to do a dangerous exercise safely, <laughs> that's like, to me, you know what I hear when I hear that? <laughs> when someone says that, to me, it's like saying, I'm going to play Russian roulette safely. There is no way. There is no safe way to play Russian roulette. You, you are eventually or could eventually get hurt. And, right. and uh, regardless of how careful you are, only because the nature of, let's say, a barbell squat is you have this long lever with weights at the end of it. Being supported by a structure A skeletal structure A spine in particular That if you talk to the left or the right A little bit too much It's all over And it's just hard to defend against that Long term You can get away with that So there's no reason to do it If you can get the same effect of an exercise like that From a leg press or something Where you don't take those kind of spinal risks But I'm digressing
3: Right Well so what I, what I found from switching over free weights mm-hmm. was um, that the exercises are very effective. Um, you know, I felt like I definitely got stronger you know, in some, some really basic uh, movements. Um, you know, I learned how to squat, I think, about as safely as one can. Um, and I uh, learned how to deadlift uh, actually quite safely. Um, and, and I enjoyed the, the movement of, of those exercises. I just, they, it was, they were, they were, they were, they were pleasant to do. Um, but, you know, and I, I was able to progress and move the weight up and, and, and all that. Um, but, you know, over a period of, I guess it was about a total of 18 months. Um, you know, I got to the point where I, I, I had gotten, more capable of lifting heavier weight um and but to the point where i really believed that i was starting to get to a tipping point where uh yeah i'd gotten stronger and yes i was my technique was pretty good but if i were going to get stronger from there um i was going to be taking some risks um and it really took me it really took me that long, also, to to really understand that that um, even as the weight got heavier, and even as even as my my technique stayed pretty you know pretty solid, that I could not generate the intensity <laughs> safely that I wanted to achieve. Um, you know, I would feel like maybe I have another
2: you yeah, know. but what, yeah, what happens when you have a barbell on your shoulders and you're reaching muscle failure, right? Well, <laughs> that's the problem. That's the problem. Or you have to put <laughs> exactly. them down.
1: or after you've say failed on doing like uh, dumbbell flies, how do yeah. how do you safely put those weights down? Right. You know, it, you know, it's there's a lot of th- different scenarios. So and
3: you didn't have a trainer, hence? Well, I did. I did early on just to get get the technique right, and then uh, okay. then I was really really uh, uh, training myself. But it you know it it became. You know, really clear that there were times when I might have, say, you know, half a rep left in me, but I had to put, I had to rack the weight just for safety's sake. And um, smart. So you know, so um, you know, after getting and I look, I never really got injured. I got a little tweaked at once in a while, but I never got truly injured. Um, Certainly, witnessed a couple things in the gym that were a little disconcerting but um you know never myself got hurt um but you know after i got to a certain level at the major exercises um it was just really clear that that um that i I just couldn't couldn't safely progress so um but like an
1: intense stimulus go forward with it right just
3: just, right just just could not generate the intensity with the safety that i that i wanted it makes total um,
2: sense so I guess that's when you started thinking about inform again.
3: Right. So um, I I went back, I reread Power of 10, I reread McGuff and you know a, a, and I think as as with any you know any discipline um, it's one thing to read the book once or twice, it's another thing to read the book and then go experiment, try something, live it, Mm -hmm. and then go back and reread it and say, oh, that's what McGuff meant. Now I understand what he's talking about, Uh, or that's what Adam meant. Um,
1: and real that, understandings, I think, is a process like that. Oftentimes, it's—I mean, you, to read it, you get the information, but to, as you said, to live it, you know, and then to—and then go back and look at the at the text and what it's all about. It really—that's when it really seeps in after you've done that in you know, a little bit.
3: Yeah, and it's—it's it's neat. I mean, I the the time I spent, you know, training with free weights is absolutely not wasted at all. I mean, I learned a lot from doing it. I'm glad I did it. Um, you know, I, I, I saw some tremendous athletes work out, um, and, um, you know, and I got, I got a, I got a sense of what that world is all about. Um, but what, but there's a difference between, you know, training for a particular sport, whether it's Olympic weightlifting, whether it's powerlifting, uh, versus training for health and strength and, and general well-being. And I think one of the things that, um, that that comes through in McGuff and that that Adam you know tried to tell me ten years ago, and I wasn't really ready to understand it is um is the difference between fitness for a particular activity mm-hmm. you know whether that's a big bench press or whether that's um, a fast ten k um, uh, and uh, and health and um the, the two really are quite different, and you know I certainly have known people who are tremendously fit at a given
1: activity uh, marathon running being a a prime example Um, football players they're extremely fit at being able to jump and run and sprint and tackle but they're dealing with tremendous amount of pain there's tremendous pain, tremendous tremendous health health issues there are health issues, well that's the thing
2: fitness is not, being really fit does does not guarantee being very healthy you can become fit and not undermine your health Or you can, based on how you determine the choice of how you get fit, the whole reason I chose to practice a form of safe high-intensity training is because why, in the name of fitness, or really why, in the name of health, should you? I mean, it's ironic that a fitness program would undermine your health in the long run. Right. I mean. Sports are one thing. If you want to take a, play a sport and excel at a certain skill and activity, a recreational pursuit, and it happens to make you strong and fit, so be it. But do it because you love the sport, not because you think it's going to make you fit. The idea of, of choosing a sport to get fit is a little bit backwards. You should choose a sport because you love that sport. And some sports, depending upon the sport, of course, and the intensity of that sport, can get you very fit, can get you strong. But if your idea is just to get strong, to live a long life, a healthy, strong life, choosing a sport to, for that purpose is probably not the best idea. Choosing an exercise program that is going to make you strong as can be and delay that aging process, truly delay that aging process, and not at the same time undermine your health in the process and the things that I'm talking about is what you were talking about before. The arthritis, the, the pain in the joints, all those kinds of overtraining injuries that can occur. And it's not worth it. Sports are worth it if you love sports. But if you just want to get fit, Again, sports are not necessarily the best yeah, choice. It's
1: tough because a lot, oftentimes, those things are insidious. They don't happen on day one. They happen on day four hundred. You know, and you're like, "Oh wow!" You know, like that little tweak which you could tolerate in, in, on the twentieth day of doing something, and even on the eightieth day, all of a sudden becomes something that's like, "Wow, that thing my, now my shoulder is really bothering me." <laughs> right. right. And, and those type of things don't they kind of sneak up on you? One of the things I I really admire, and I just I and I. I you know I try to continue to apply it to my life as a trainer and everything is is the idea to just to explore and to try things out. I mean, I feel like that's how everything, how even Power of Ten evolved, is by seeing what else is out there, exploring it. I mean, you, you obviously want to have a good head on your shoulders and make sure that you're trying to take you know relative precautions and and you know just reasonable sense over whatever you're trying to do. Um, and I mean. You know, going back to power of ten, it's, it's, it just it. You can achieve the intensity. We know that uh, an intense stimulus on the muscle is what really gets makes the adaptation a meaningful adaptation. And if you could do that in a in a safe way, then why wouldn't you try? Yeah, right. And, and
3: uh, well, and, you know, I think I think the um, whether it's running, whether it's the weightlifting, you know, both of which I've 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 experimented with to quite an extent. Um, they don't generate the intensity that that we get through this form of exercise and if you if you you read through mcguff there are tremendous metabolic benefits that come from achieving that level of intensity
2: yes mcguff state you know mcguff is talking about a lot of research has been going on out there about how intensity is what's driving these health benefits these these physiological adaptations It's the intensity, it's not the duration of the exercise. You can eventually get these adaptations with slow, steady-state activities, but the risks to do so add up. For the same adaptations, you don't need to take those risks by just... Increasing the intensity and shortening the time of the workout and doing it in a safe manner
1: and and also the the time in between workouts it seems like it, it still is very contrary to what people what people think about exercise still a little bit like more is better, but if you do things intensely, it, whatever the activity is whether it 's boxing or running or weight training or, or yoga, the more intense the stimulus, the more time your body needs to recover in order for it to actually adapt and 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 uh, and change.
3: Yeah. Well, and I, th- I thought the number that you mentioned earlier was interesting. So you s- you said that that I that I've logged what three hundred forty one three
1: fifty one. I know. Uh, yeah, okay, yeah, so three
3: yeah. three fifty one over now eight and a half total
1: years. Eight and a half total of, years. Yeah. So
3: I mean, you know, three hundred fifty one sounds yeah. like a large number, and yeah. and I think it should be actually considered to be a large number. But if you're doing a, a con- conventional type yeah. of of workout, yeah. you would triple that number, right? Exactly. You if,
1: if, well, you think about like if it's well, how if, many workouts if, a year you, does that turn out if, to if be? If you do, if you do, it was 41 a year. About 41 on the workouts average.
2: a year. Think about that. A year. 41. Yeah. Right. There are people that th- want
1: to. think you should do that. Yeah. in in 2 months also say think of, right. well the prescription in like you know the American heart association says uh three moderate or two high intensity a week or you know, actually well some some people prescribe even more than that they even say like you know four or five days a week but say let's say three days a week you know that's in, a lot th- of time. in 3 years a lot you did 350 you know? well it
3: is and it's <laughs> it's also i think there's a there's a psychology there too that that i i found um that i have trouble with which is if you if you believe that you have to run four or five days a week, um, it it you know it at first it's kind of a cool challenge like oh, all right I'm going to go do this it's going to be awesome, but then you start to realize okay what am I having to not do um, you know you know I'm I'm, I'm having to you know, I'm, I'm, I'm not able to, to help my family the way I should. I'm not able to, you know, it really takes a lot We've of time. Got lives to live. And, and, you know, and then that, that understanding of effectively the opportunity cost of, of, of what I I'm not able to do because I'm doing this, it starts mm-hmm. to erode my, at least my willingness to do that, mm-hmm. to do that, that exercise. Whereas here, look, I'm, you know, train once a week. It's great. Um, you know, certainly, I mean, what, what, you know, going, going back to when I first started training with, with Adam uh, 10 years ago, uh, and I asked the, the question that a lot of clients ask, which is, well, what should I do on vacation? And, mm-hmm. and Adam said, nothing. <laughs> <laughs> and... And you know I, you know I'm am I'm as Type A as anyone. I, mean, I, I was like, what do, What do you mean, nothing? <laughs> and uh, but I, I took him at his word, and, and I actually I actually did go away for a week and and did nothing, and was shocked to then come back and and find that that extra rest resulted in in my my strength that that following workout being quite a bit quite a bit better
1: it almost is it's it's consistent almost in every case when people take when they do come mm-hmm. back from their vacation they are they get their personal best or they make a jump uh just by having that extra rest it's amazing how uh counterintuitive that is yeah that's why i
2: always like to tell people uh, to not do anything on vacation just enjoy your vacation don't don't stress out about where you're going to exercise besides the uh usually the uh the gyms at the hotels suck anyway. So oh, that, was, that was great. Hence, you know, I hope I learned a lot. It was great to hear that story. I'm glad you're back. And I, I hope, and Mike, you did a great job. You, you two as a team did a great job over the years. And I love the communication. So kudos to you, Mike, and, and, and to you guys and how you, you worked through that. There was no defensiveness. You know, uh, it was truly in an attempt to discover what was best. And uh, I, I, it's a, it's a great story, and uh, I hope for those listening out there, uh, whether you exercise all the little time and, and, and used to do what Hens does, or want to experiment with free weights, or want to realize or, or realize that maybe you know less is more. Uh, you know, there's something for everybody in this. I think so. Uh, thank you very much, Hens, for, great. for joining us. Um, thank you. It's thank you very much, help.
1: Hens. It's great that you were on the podcast. <laughs> thank you very much for being here
0: many thanks to inform nation member hence orm for joining us here on the podcast welcome back hence if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now and haven't yet made the jump to set up a consultation at an inform fitness location nearest you why don't you bounce on over to informfitness.com. at the time of this recording we have locations in manhattan port washington denville burbank boulder leesburg and reston And if you aren't currently near an Informed Fitness, don't worry, we got you covered. Grab a copy of Adam's book, Power of Ten, The Once-A-Week Slow-Motion Fitness Revolution. In the book, Adam breaks down the three pillars necessary to achieve maximum benefits of this workout, along with simple-to-follow exercises that you can do at home or at a gym. We have the link to the book in the show notes of the podcast. Speaking of books, we are really excited about next week's guest here on the InForm Fitness Podcast. We'll be joined by biochemist and author of The Secret Life of Fat, Dr. Sylvia Tara. She'll explain how fat is our most misunderstood body part, which is why it can be so tricky to lose weight. In The Secret Life of Fat, Dr. Tara brings together cutting-edge research with historical perspectives to reveal fat's true identity. And once you understand it, you can beat it. Looking forward to speaking with Dr. Sylvia Tara next week, right here at the Informed Fitness Podcast. For Adam, Mike, and Sheila, I'm Tim Edwards with the Inbound Podcasting Network.